footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares. Where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales. This is your host, Mav. And tonight we have a dark romance called Lacerta. This story was inspired by several things, such as the myth of Psyche and Cupid where Psyche, the beautiful physical incarnation of Venus, is whisked away to a palace where, inside, she goes to a room to meet her future husband. She meets him in the dark and is told that she must never see him and she must never discover who he is. There is a wonderful retelling of this myth by C.S. Lewis called Till We Have Faces. And uh, for those of you who like to read, that is an awesome book. Another story that came to mind is one of my favorite urban legends where a guy and a girl meet and the girl's always wearing a ribbon around her neck and he asks her why and she tells him no matter what, the ribbon must never ever be removed. And as you guys know how the legend goes, they get married, have kids, spend their life together, but one night in their later years, she's sleeping so peacefully and he looks at the ribbon and he thinks, all this time, everything's been good. I wonder what would happen if I remove the ribbon. So he does, and her head falls off. And it turns around and looks at him and says, I told you not to remove the ribbon. (laughs) So that's two thirds of what inspired this story. The next third is this. Way back in 1988, I believe, when I was a kid, I watched Unsolved Mysteries every single night, just like the rest of the US. And this one night, they had an episode about the Lizard Man. Have I told you guys this? I have a feeling that I have, but I'm not gonna go back through 100 episodes to check. (laughs) So the Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp story goes a little bit like this. A young man named Christopher Davis was driving home late one night on a road that boundaries Scape or Swamp. He got a flat tire and was changing it And then, here's a direct quote from Davis that I found at Cryptic Mysteries Blogspot, which I'll put the link in the show notes. Here's the quote. I looked back and saw something running across the field towards me. It was about 25 yards away, and I saw red eyes glowing. I ran into the car, and as I locked it, the thing grabbed the door handle. I could see him from the neck down, the three big fingers long black nails and green rough skin. It was strong and angry. I looked in my mirror and saw a blur of green running. I could see his toes, and then he jumped on the roof of my car. I thought I heard a grunt, and then I could see his fingers through the front windshield, where they curled around on the roof. I sped up and swerved to shake the creature off. That's the quote. As the story goes, the creature did eventually fall off the roof of the car, And as proof, there was long scratches on the top of the car and the side view mirror had damage. 
This story captured the world's imagination at the time, and to this day, and I went and checked, they still have a Lizard Man Festival in South Carolina, which I would love to go to that sometime. It sounds like fun. All that to say is ever since, I have had a fascination with the Lizard Man. There is more to this story than cautionary tales or Lizard Men. I feel like this speaks of being blind in many metaphorical ways. This theme has been one I have always been fascinated with. So, that being said, wherever you are, take a deep breath and let it go. Relax. We're going to a world when you had to light a candle at night to see, when there were monsters in the forest. Don't worry, this is just a story. There's nothing to be afraid of. Is there? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly. Lacerta, written and narrated by Mavsky. His tongue was hot liquid on her skin. It slid down Ribbon's cheek, chin, down, down her collarbone, a curve of cleavage, further, then it was gone. She reached for his shoulders, found them, pulled him closer to her. He held back. Ribbon sensed the tremble in his pulse, heard the hiss of his breath, sweet and warm. Her fingers danced down his shoulders to the raised skin on his arms. He felt so peculiar, unlike anything she'd ever touched. His skin was rough and delightfully cold compared to the high heat of the Midwestern sun. Who are you? asked Ribbon. You, he whispered, lifting a hand to her neck, his thumb brushing the rise of her jawline. You are my son. I feel your life and it. He paused, a lovely, wonderful pause. He'd barely spoken a word since they'd met. But when he did speak, it filled Ribbon with such longing longing to warm the chill of his skin and the frost his heart had known. She wanted to know his secrets, his past. How was it he could walk the forest unafraid? It fills me, he whispered in earnest. This made Ribbon smile. His poetry hadn't answered her question, but it was good enough, more than enough. She lifted her fingers to his face to explore the curves and dips as he had her body. There was so much that could be told by the feel of one's face, whether they smiled or frowned, old or young, compassionate or harsh. He caught her hand in his. Anything, but not that. Ribbon's heart fell. All this time, and his face remained off-limits, when everything else had been fair game. She wondered if he had scars. Perhaps he was disfigured. 
none of this mattered to her. But why? You should go, he whispered. I should? Ribbon smiled, knowing it teased him. She grabbed her cane, rose, and smoothed out her dress. She wondered what expression he held on his face. My father will be home soon anyway. Ribbon tapped her cane on the forest floor. The cane struck foliage. She bent and touched the leaves, felt the shape of the berries, the huckleberry bush. The trail was beside it. She took a few steps forward and turned expectantly, hoping he'd ask. It wasn't only the pleasure of his company she sought. It was his protection. A monster stalked the woods. She had always thought it was a childhood tale the old folks made up to keep them out of the woods, but she'd heard something different in the woods that afternoon. The steps weren't the random wandering of a creature, but precise, knowing, watching. Ribbon knew when she was being watched. Cecilia Cher, what are you dreaming about tonight? Papa asked this from his rocking chair. Ribbon listened to the slow, creaking rhythm the chair made. She loved the pet name he called her. Ribbon rested her chin on her hands and let her feet fall to the wooden floor in which she lay. The fuzzy kitten beside her yawned. She heard its slight intake of breath and felt the tongue lick at her arm. Papa had told her the kitten was orange. Orange, Ribbon imagined, was the color of the sun dripping heat upon her skin. It was the color of life. It was the color of the life she dreamed, and all she dreamed about was the mysterious man. She'd been asked three times already to marry, which, she was told, was extremely lucky for a blind woman. All three suitors had smelled of dirty socks and moldy bread crust. They hadn't held her interest. In contrast, the mysterious man's exotic scent pulled to her even now. Beside her, Ribbon felt the warm hearth. Heat from the fire licked her skin. Fire, she was told, is also orange. But she imagines it is red. Hot red flames are the color of her desire, the way he made her feel. They had only met a handful of times, but she knew the first time he kissed her, when his long tongue tickled the inside of her mouth and his icy fingers stroked her hair. The color of their love was red. All Ribbon could see was the way that she felt, and all she felt now was the pulse throbbing in her throat where his tongue had melted her. Cecilia Cher. She lifted her head to Papa. Yes? What are you thinking of? Cecilia smiled. The color of fire. Oh? Mm-hmm. She heard the creaking of his rocking chair as he stood, the clap of his boots on the floor as he drew near and sat down beside her. Ribbon felt him lift her hair away from her neck. He hadn't done that in years. 
She smiled and let her arms collapse to the floor. Her head relaxed down on them. Cecilia Cher, did you go into the forest again this evening? She never lied to him before, and she wouldn't start today. Yes, Papa. Cecilia heard him sigh, and she felt a tad guilty. But I've told you over and over, the monster lives in the woods, she finished. I've been in the woods several times, Papa, and nothing has eaten me yet. She thought of the mysterious man's mouth on her skin. He had certainly been hungry, and that made her laugh out loud. Papa stopped petting her hair, and she heard the familiar sigh, which preceded a lecture. How would you know if it were watching you, stalking you? That's what it does. I've told you all of this. A girl of your condition. The fine hair on Ribbon's arms bristled. I am just as capable as any woman. Besides, I've never heard anything out of the ordinary. She left this off as a question. She wasn't sure she had heard anything out of the ordinary. Yet her heart told her she had. You know what I meant, said Papa. Papa had been distracted lately with the town meetings. He and Sheridan were head to head over how to handle the growing needs of the town. Sheridan insisted on selling the gold they had mined from the caves. Papa thought the gold should be saved for hard times. Ribbon recalled Sheridan's sarcastic, syrupy voice. He smelt of vinegar. He was a shrewd man who'd skinned Papa's hide to get his way. Papa was blind to this. The forest walks had started out as a distraction from Papa's ill treatment. It lulled her mind. She felt it was a way to make herself brave for her Papa as well as for herself. She enjoyed the bird calls, the gentle beating wings of a firefly, the graceful step of a deer. It was a whole new world, and she could almost believe the monster was just a lie. Almost. Cecilia Cher, do you know the color of the monster? Ribbon thought. She shook her head. Green, a ghastly green. Do you know what green feels like? She thought of the stem of grass, the leaf of a young maple, the crumple of a paper bill. Yes, Papa. Not all green is like a plant or money. Sit up, I'd like you to feel this. She pushed herself into a sitting position and took the object her father held. Her fingers went to work. It felt rough like the kitten's tongue. Her fingers stumbled over the scales, spikes along its spine, the sharp claws below its legs. Her lower lip trembled. Familiar. So familiar. What is it, Papa? She felt about the object's face, the long snout, the slight gouges where its eyes had been. It is a reptile, a lizard. It is Lacerta, Cecilia Cher. Of course, Ribbon knew by description what a reptile was, 
However, she had never felt a lizard. She never had the desire. Lizards are green, an awful green. This is the color of the monster that lives in the woods. The monster is cold, Cecilia Cher. So very cold. Lacerta, she murmured. One touch of the monster's finger will turn you to ice. Ribbon dropped the lizard on the floor and wrapped her arms about herself. How do you know this, Papa? Have you seen the monster? Silence spoke his answer. No, he'd never seen it. I've seen the faces of the loved ones who have lost someone to it, and that is enough for me to believe, Cecilia Cher, said Papa. A mix of emotions spilled inside her. Fear of what stalked her in the woods. Anger at Papa for being right. Stop calling me that. I outgrew it a long time ago. I prefer ribbon. Cecilia Cher is for a young girl. You will always be my little dear, Cecilia Cher. You're blind dear, said Ribbon. <sighs> Promise me not to set foot in the woods again. I don't know what you're doing out there or if you're meeting someone. Time paused. Fire crackled over a log. Even the kitten held its breath. Either way, no more. Ribbon turned her face to the fire. She didn't answer back. Payment has been received in full, Ribbon heard the old woman say. She reached for the tent flap when it rose and she felt a presence exit. As she stepped aside to let the person pass, she smelled vinegar. Why, Miss Ribbon, fancy meeting you here. The whine of his voice held that familiar, sickly, syrupy sweetness. Good afternoon. Did the old woman fix your problems? He met her question with silence. She felt his eyes sweep over her. He said, You are certainly your father's daughter. Yes, the old gal fixed me up with a sleeping tonic. I haven't been resting well. The sound of his voice was wrong, deceitful. She would have to warn Papa about him when she got home. Sheridan had a trick up his sleeve. Perhaps he had planned on mixing a sleeping tonic with poison to slip in Papa's drink. Ribbon ducked under the tent flap he held for her and said, Goodbye, Mr. Councilman. Goodbye, Miss Ribbon. He let the tent flap fall and hit her full on the backside, startling Ribbon. Fancy you coming here today, child, the gypsy rasped as if she had gargled rocks. A heavy silence followed. Ribbon thought of turning and fleeing. Aren't you afraid of the monster? Asked the gypsy. Ribbon stood speechless. How had she known? Of course she was afraid, yet she longed to visit the mysterious man again. She stepped forward and tapped with her cane. It struck the foot of the bench. 
She sat and twirled the cane between her fingers. Yes, I think it's following me. That's why I need your help. What is it that draws you into the forest? I... She couldn't help it. Her cheeks burned hot. To meet someone. I see... Said the gypsy. Ribbon heard laughter in her voice. There was something else. It was as if the gypsy understood more than she was letting on. I have just the potion for you. What is it? Asked Ribbon. Give me your hand, child. It will only hurt a little, said the gypsy. But what is it? What will you do? The potion will turn you into a creature. You will have the ability to roam the forest without the monster sensing you as a human, said the gypsy. But doesn't the monster eat animals as well? The gypsy sighed. <sighs> Listen. The monster has a taste for human flesh. It will harm you in human form long before it will ever harm an animal of the forest. I am surprised that he hasn't caught you yet. Ribbon clasped her hands, hesitating. It doesn't sound that safe to me. Something about the woman's voice was wrong. The gypsy was playing a game. Ribbon didn't trust her. Her longing for the mysterious man was unbearable. It had been two weeks since she'd last stolen away. Papa had Aunt Marie come and stay with them, just to help with the housework while he was away. But Ribbon knew he'd brought Aunt Marie to keep an eye on her. Ribbon, a full-grown woman. Ridiculous. Ribbon felt she couldn't complain too much. It would have been easy to sneak away from Aunt Marie's watching eyes. Ribbon heard noises at her bedroom window at night, a slight scratch like a tree branch. Outside, in the mornings, when doing chores around the farm, she sensed something watching her just beyond the forest border of the trees. It watched, waited, if Aunt Marie hadn't been there. Imagine, Cecilia Cher. The gypsy woman paused. Ribbon gasped. How did she know her pet name? Can you imagine what it would be like to see through the animal's eyes? To see colors, textures, shapes, Ribbon thought. To see the world she's been imagining from her earliest childhood. Ribbon stretched her hand out to the gypsy. The gypsy grasped Ribbon's hand. Are you sure, child? Ribbon nodded. The gypsy pricked her finger with a needle. That'll do. Ribbon sensed something like a blanket cover her shoulders. It felt like fate. It smelled like death. This gave her chills and suddenly she knew she'd made the wrong decision to come here. And yet to have sight, she would do anything. She drew her finger to her mouth and sucked. One cap swallow before you enter the woods. The transformation will be painful, 
one swallow to turn human again. The gypsy placed the potion bottle in Ribbon's hand. Oh, the money. Ribbon drew a coin purse from her pocket. No payment is required, said the gypsy. Fate struck Ribbon's heart again. She felt nauseous. But why not? The gypsy remained silent. Ribbon stood with her cane, turned and tapped her stick. She walked until she felt the flap of the tent across her shoulder. A scent filled her nostrils. Vinegar. Your debt has been paid in full. The gypsy's words followed her out of the tent into the filthy part of the village. Sheridan had done something terrible. Terrible. She had to warn Papa. Riven scurried down the street as fast as she could, her cane guiding her around mud puddles and cattle dung. Dogs barked and yipped as she walked by yards, and once she felt something bite at her skirt. Bad dog! She screamed, and she ran. She ran all the way home. Ribbon arrived home to find a note from Aunt Marie. Aunt Marie used thick paint to scribble her messages. Cecilia could feel the shape of the letters and words. She had gone to town for the grocering, and Papa was out late at a meeting. Ribbon wanted to warn Papa right away. Perhaps she should make a trip back to town. But it would grow dark, and she was concerned about what may stalk her. Besides, she could feel the potion vial in her pocket, and Ribbon couldn't wait one minute more to use it. She grabbed the bottle of paint and the dainty paintbrush left in a chipped glass cup. She felt for a stack of paper, drawing a page off the top. By the feel of it, it was blank. She scrawled a message, making sure to dip her paintbrush often. Dear Papa, I'm worried about you. I think Sheridan wants to hurt you. Talk soon. Ribbon. With a second thought, Ribbon drew a line through her name, and below it she wrote, I love you, Cecilia Sher. Ribbon rested on the forest floor with her eyes closed letting the horrendous pain seep out of her new body. She could feel her heart race double its normal pace. She smelled grass, trees, and rabbit droppings. The birds sang even sweeter than before, and she could translate their song. Slowly, slowly she opened her eyes. Browns, greens, the yellow-orange of the sun attacked her all at once, She jumped to all fours and scrambled backwards. Her hindquarters smacked into a tree, knocking her back down to the ground. She looked this way and that. Ribbon tried to bring her hands up over her eyes, but instead poked her mouth with a hoof. She stood and looked down at her furry legs, then to her long brown body. Tiny white dots speckled her hindquarters. She wiggled her tail. Realization filled her. She could see. See. 
For the first time in her life, she was not only filled with touch and sound, taste and scent, but vision as well. She crouched and sprang into the afternoon air. Her legs carried her around trees, over rocks and stumps, across the creek and through a meadow that held such vivid colors that had never been possible to dream before. And then she remembered what was in her heart. She lifted her head and breathed in the air. Immediately, she caught his scent. He was near. Of course he was near. She bounded around the forest bend, paying no mind to the sudden hush of bird calls and the curious prickle of hair that rose down her spine. Ribbon saw a figure in the distance. He stood with his back to her, unclothed from the waist up. She slowed as she approached, taking in every inch of him. His pants, worn and torn, melted into a strong waist, muscled back and shoulders, his skin a delicious sun-kissed brown all the way up to his neck where... Ribbon stopped. Every inch of her doe's body stiffened. A memory caught her and hung about her like a black blanket. The gypsy's voice. Your debt has been paid in full. And she knew that Gypsy had been hired beforehand. Sheridan. Tanned skin flowed into scales the color of grass and clover. He turned. A long snout filled his face's profile. Large orange eyes with a line of pupil, like a cat, caught her. Its tongue flicked out, licked the air, and then returned to its mouth. It hissed. And she knew it was him. She stood frozen. Ribbon hesitated. He turned and crouched to the ground. Those long fingers that had caressed her so sensuously sprouted claws. He hissed again. Before she ran, Papa's words reminded her. It is a reptile, a lizard. It is Lacerta Cecilia Cher. She had been blind, but sight had nothing to do with it. His stomach rumbled. His heart hurt. It had been weeks since he had eaten, unable to summon the warmth to his cold body to search for food. The young woman had been as the sun, her mere energy in life giving him youth. He had watched her inside the window, followed her around the farm. That devilish ant of hers prevented him from showing himself. He should have eaten the ant. She would have tasted good. Plump was always good. He could go for weeks on a human as they were so easy to catch. But Ribbon would have gone away and he couldn't bear her to be gone. Without her light, the world would be dark and cold. Dark and cold, as it had been without her. And now he crouched to the forest floor. A doe, a beautiful doe, stared at him from just yards away. He sensed the throb of her pulse, the life within her eyes. He needed her. She would give him a few more weeks until the woman visited him again, 
He felt the claws spring from his fingers. A predatory hiss escape his lips. Fangs grew, and he felt his jaw unhinge in anticipation. He flicked his tongue out, tasting its fear. The doe turned, sprang into the air straight as an arrow. He leapt after it. It bounded around the old oaks, the little creek that flowed by the place he and Ribbon had always met. It scratched its inner thigh on a thorn, and the scent of the doe's blood filled his mouth. The doe slowed. He flicked his tongue, tasting her before his claws sank into her neck, scraping across, draining the blood. His jaw unhinged, dropping, dropping, dropping to the ground. And as the doe kicked her last beats of life, he swallowed her whole. Her life filled his, and as the sun sank into the sky, so his fangs sank back into his mouth, his lower jaw attached to his snout, and his claws receded into his fingers. He wandered into the forest, feeling for the first time in months, perhaps years, whole, alive. He slipped down the familiar trail leading to Ribbon's home. He hid behind the giant oak, watching her bedroom window. She'd be lighting the oil lamp any minute now, and he yearned to feel the heat of her presence. Perhaps he could sneak into her room tonight. A dark shadow filled the window instead. It leaned out the window, searching the woods. Cecilia Cher! It called out. A slip of paper fell from the shadow's hands to the grassy floor below. He recognized the shadow as Ribbon's father. He slunk behind a tree out of her father's sight. He would wait. He would wait for her father to leave and the candlelight to appear. He couldn't stand the darkness any longer. He would wait for Ribbon's light. From the medieval bestiary, Lacerta. When the lizard goes blind, it looks to the rising sun. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mav Sky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mav Sky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.